in the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the Before the sermon, um, we're going to have a baby dedication. What is a baby dedication? Before we do it, we need to understand what it is. Okay. First of all, what it is not. Okay. Most denominations, and I'm talking the vast majority of denominations, don't call it baby de- baby dedication. They call it baby baptism. Mm-hmm. Okay. We do not baptize babies. That is not in Scripture. There was a man in Scripture asked, can I be baptized? The answer was, if you believe, you can. Babies can't believe, so we don't baptize babies. However, it is appropriate appropriate to dedicate children to the Lord. Like um, uh, uh, Samuel's mother dedicated him to the Lord. And um, it's not something the pastor does. I think it's appropriate for the, for the family to do it in the same way that I like for, for uh, the family to do the baptisms. I like the family to do the, the baby dedications as well. We're blessed to have Dave here. I'm going to ask you to come. You do whatever you want. There's no scriptural precedent one way or the other. Right. Okay. I, I got a question for you real quick. Though. Yes, sir. So I'm going to call it. You can call it anything you want. <laughs> uh, Ryan, Ray, well, as y'all know, uh, little uh, Emery here was born on Valentine's Day, February the 14th. The Lord blessed Ryan and Ray and, of course, Grandma and Grandpa. Grandma and Grandpa. <laughs> uh, it, with a perfect grandchild. We are so completely blessed. It's, it's just phenomenal. But yeah, uh, but I just wanted to mention scripture reading that we had. Anybody notice the title at the top? What that chapter was about? No? Yeah. True wisdom. True wisdom. And deep down inside, these two are being compliant by Asking for wisdom, because that's what I'm going to pray for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. But asking for wisdom on how to bring this baby up, you know, in in fear and admiration for the Lord. You know, the Lord needs to be in everything that baby does. Amen. Everything that you can. I know <laughs> when you're watching TV, it's hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, so at this time, I want to commend both of you for doing this. Amen. I want to commend you. And we'll be praying for you to be steadfast in your commitment to raise that baby in the Lord. Amen. Lord, we come to you right now with this newborn. Lord, you've blessed this family immensely. And Lord, I thank you so much for that. Lord, we pray especially for the wisdom 
and the compassion and for uh, steadfastness in their commitment into bringing this baby up with you in the center of their family. Lord, we pray that you would bless them as you already have and continue. Lord, be with them. Give them strength. Give them wisdom. And give them peace knowing that you're in control and you will hold that baby tight. Lord, we thank you again. We're asking in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 Thank you, David. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ray. Our pastor is 86 years old. There are going to be times, we've known this, to where we're going to have to wing it. Um, because of that, I always have a second sermon ready. What I'm going to preach to you now is a sermon that I've had ready for over a year. That being said, I'm not real familiar with it because this was kind of a last minute sort of thing. So I'm going to ask for your patience as we go through this. Um, Bible Doctrines is the name of the series. Um, I've always had two great loves in being, being a preacher in wanting to communicate, first of all, what the Bible says. And I think chronologically is the best way to do it. That's always been my primary focus, at least since I've been here. But secondly, Bible doctrines. I was raised up with Bible doctrines. However, it's the kind of thing to where um, it's not really focused on a lot anymore. Uh, a lot of people don't want nothing to do with doctrine, but doctrine is in fact just simply teaching. And so I started a second series called Bible Doctrines. We've actually gotten pretty far into the series just in the Sundays that Dad has not been able to be here. And so we're going to go right to the next one. Uh, I assume next Sunday we'll do the next one. I assume next Sunday we'll do the next one, depending on how his recuperation comes with his teeth. But I still have to say this. Please be patient because I, I've not spent a lot of study time on this. In this doctrinal series, we have seen the existence of God, which is where we started. We've seen what God wants. We've seen describing God. We've seen the Trinity. We've seen things Jesus was. We've seen the person called the Holy Spirit. We've seen the unforgivable sin. And we've seen total depravity. All of those are available on Sermon Audio. Feel free to listen to them anytime you want, but I'm not going to reteach all of these things. We're going to go to the next step in Bible doctrines. Free will. Again, I'm not an expert on this by any sense of the word, but this is what I have to give you, and, and with the Lord's help, I'm going to give it to you. Free will. Free will is hotly debated in churches. Oh, yeah. Free will Baptists and Sovereign Grace Baptists, by the way, we are Sovereign Grace Baptists, it's on our sign out front. Free will Baptists and Sovereign Grace Baptists totally disagree on it. Mm -hmm. Totally. Mm -hmm. Both have the name Baptist, but we cannot get along with anything the other one says. Absolutely reject the other one. Does that make us bad people? What do most Baptists do? What do most Baptists do with it? They just don't talk about it. Just don't talk about it. Okay? There is 
Freeble Baptist, there is Sovereign Grace Baptist, and there's what's called Missionary Baptist. And the Missionary Baptists, they tend to just not talk about it. They just avoid that topic. I think that's a mistake. Okay? Should we just avoid it? No, we should not just avoid it. If it's in the Bible, we should study it in love. And that, I think, is where we drop the ball. It should not be hotly debated. It should be patient. It should be studied patiently. Now, what I'm going to do is present to you everything that I see in Scripture dealing with free will, and we're going to look at it, and we're just going to let you on your own decide what you believe about it. I'm going to start and end with the same statement. To me, this statement is absolutely the most important thing in it, but I can't find the statement in Scripture. But I believe it's that important, so I'm going to say it first, and I'm going to say it last. When I put this statement on the screen, if you can come up with a verse where it's at in the Bible, please let me know, because I would love to make that part of this lesson for future use. The statement is this. We have free will with our Heavenly Father in the same way we would have free will with a responsible human father. Let me say that again. We have free will with our Heavenly Father in the same way that we would have free will with any responsible human father. Again, I can't find that verse in Scripture, but I believe it's there. I just can't land on it. That being said, what exactly is free will? 1 Corinthians 2.14, we're going to start in this verse right here, and we're going to ask a simple question. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Now here's the question. Don't answer out loud. Let's be patient. What choice will he make? The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. His free will to make a choice, what choice will he make? Don't answer out loud, just in your own mind. What choice will he make? Now we're going to do this on several different verses. And i got a feeling when we get toward the end of it, it's going to kind of come together. Jeremiah 17.9 is next. Jeremiah 17.9, I don't see anybody look it up in your Bible. Please do. I want you to see these in your Bible. Jeremiah 17.9 says this, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart is deceitful and, and above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? It has free will. What choice is it going to make? Let's look at another one. Job 14, verse number 4. Job chapter 14, verse number 4 says this, Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? No one. Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? No one. And then our question, just answered in your own mind, what choice will he make? 
Let's look at another one. Jeremiah 13, 23. Jeremiah 13, 23. Again, please look this up in your Bible. I want you to see that it's in your Bible and always has been. Jeremiah 13, verse 23 says this. Can the Ethiopian change his skin? The Ethiopians were what we call African Americans. Can they change their skin? Or the leopard his spots? Can the leopard change his spots? Then may ye also, then may ye also do good that are accustomed to do evil. Now this is a King James way of saying, in the same way that you can't change the, cut, the color of your skin, if you're accustomed to doing evil, you can't just decide to change that. That's what that verse says. Okay? In the same way you can't change the color of your skin, if you're accustomed to doing evil, you don't have the power to change what you do. Therefore, what choice will he make? Revelation 13.8. Revelation 13. Please again, look this up in your Bible. Don't just assume that I know what I'm talking about because if you were to go to a, a free will... Is there a free will Baptist church in Arcadia? I, 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 there's several large ones between here and Orlando. Um, they don't like any of this at all. And that is their right. I don't want you to believe anything because I believe it. I want to show you what I see is there and then you believe whatever the Lord leads you to believe. Revelation 13, 8. All that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of the life, book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. All that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. All of them. What choice will they make? Even with free will, what choice does this verse say everyone in the entire world is going to make? Romans 7.18. Romans 7.18. I'm thankful for these breaks in between. It's given me a chance to rest. The Lord is, He is so good. Amen. Romans 7.18. For I, referring to himself, Paul, for I know that in me that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present within me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. What choice will he make unless the Lord does something? Okay? He says to will is present in me. That is what he wants to choose. But how to perform it, he doesn't find. So what choice is he going to make? Let's look at another one. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. I, I apologize for not being fresh on this. I wrote this over a year ago. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 4 says this, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these, these promises, you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. By the promises, you now have a new nature, a divine nature, escaping the old corruption 
What choice will they now make? What choice would they have made before the change happened? That's the question. I'm not trying. I don't want you to, to, to do believe anything as I believe it. Okay? This is just what I see in Scripture, and I want you to see it and make your own choice. I do believe in free will, by the way. Okay? The question is, is what is it always going to be? Galatians 5.17. Galatians 5, verse 17. I love hearing the pages turn. Galatians 5.17 For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. That is your depraved nature versus the spirit of God that's come to live with you after you've been saved. Okay? These are contrary one to the other so that you cannot do the things you would. The things you would are the things that you choose to do. But what are you absolutely going to actually wind up doing? Without the Spirit, what choice will they make? Next, John 6, 37. John 6, 37. Says this, All that the Father giveth me, that's Jesus speaking, shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. What choice will they make according to this verse? This is kind of a trick question because you're used to saying one answer and this is now the opposite answer. What choice will they make? All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Does God do this for everyone? Nope. Don't, don't talk out loud. I want everybody to sign on their own. You show up here and you just want to take over the service. What's the matter with you? <laughs> I love Dave Hines. I miss Dave Hines. Stay here forever, please. Grace means unmerited favor. Very important. Unmerited merited favor sovereign grace means god decides who gets the unmerited favor what's wrong with that the free will baptists and i respect them for taking the bible and preaching what they see i respect anyone i respect jehovah's witnesses for taking the bible and preaching what they see i absolutely you know who i don't respect I do not respect anybody who is saved and going to heaven but will not even try. That, those people just get under my skin. Do you know why? Because I was one for so long. I, I, I detest who I used to be. Sovereign, God decides. Grace, who uh, is unmerited favor. Why does God decide who gets the unmerited favor? Well, so far, I think it's pretty obvious that no one's going to want it. That's what I think so far. Acts 16.14 Acts 16.14 And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God. Stop right there. Why did she worship God? At this point, we don't know. 
At this point, we don't know. Which worship God heard us, whose heart the Lord opened. Now we know why she worshiped God. Mm -hmm. Whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which are spoken of of Paul. What choice will she make, and why? Does the Lord do this for everyone? This, by the way, is why so many Christians hate this topic. Because they see what the Bible says, but they say God cannot be that way. And so they say it must mean something else. But I have no idea what it means. This is the Methodist position, by the way. John and Charles Wesley, the founders of the Methodist Church, say, I know it says that, but it can't mean that. They don't have a position on this. They just allow it to be something else. If it's in our Bible, why did God put it in our Bible? What's he saying to us as a result of it being in our Bible? Deuteronomy 20 and verse 16. Deuteronomy 20 and verse 16. By the way, in a few minutes, I'm going to throw a wrench in the whole thing. <laughs> I love doing that. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 16. But of the cities of these people, which the Lord thy God doth give thee for an inheritance, this is the Canaanites, the people who lived in Canaan before Joshua showed up, thou shalt save alive nothing that breatheth. A lot of people cannot stomach this, but it's in their Bible and always has been. Of the cities of these people, which the Lord thy God doth give thee for an inheritance, thou shalt save alive nothing that breatheth, even the babies. Even the babies. Thou shalt utterly destroy them, even the babies. Namely, the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, that they may teach you that that they teach you not to do after all their abominations which they have done unto their gods, so should you sin against the Lord your God. Why not witness to them first? To, this is a question I still struggle with. Why not witness to them first? By the way, in Israel. There's always been a path for Gentiles, non-Israelites, to become believers. Except here. Except here. Why not at least save the babies? What does that say about the choice they would make? Where do the babies go? The babies went to heaven. And I submit to you, every one of them got there and said, thank you for killing me. That's hard, hard, hard stuff. But had those babies been allowed to live and brought up under Canaanite religion, they would have all died and went to hell because they were killed by, by Joshua. They went to heaven and you will meet them and I, pro I guarantee you they're going to thank God in front of you for what he did. Don't Assume God is mean. He's not. We just don't have 
The patience to look for the love. The next one is two passages that explain each other. Okay, so we're going to go from one to the other. 1 Peter 1 2. 1 Peter 1 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Now, this right here is where the, the, the free will Baptists will always run, and that's fine. They should. They should. The vast majority of Christians, not just the free will Baptists, but the vast majority of Baptists, the vast majority of Christians say foreknowledge means the Lord knew who would choose him because he looked down through time and saw them. Dad actually preached this early in his ministry. Dad preached that God looked down through time, saw who was going to believe, and those are the ones he chose in his foreknowledge. Psalm 53, though, answers that statement. Psalm 53, and by the way, my mom is the one who showed him this before they were married, while they were both teenagers. Psalm 53, verse 2. God did look down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand that did seek God. He actually did what Dad said he did. Every one of them has gone back. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. If God looked down from heaven from the ages past and saw Danny King and said, Danny King's going to trust in me, so I'm going to choose him. That is a lie. Dollars to it. God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand that did seek God. That includes me, that includes you, that includes Billy Graham. Every one of them has gone back. If God looked down from heaven and found someone, anybody, one person that would choose him, that's a lie. I know this is hard stuff. The Bible says what it says. You do with it whatever you want. Quite frankly, I don't care what you do with it. It's important to me that you have the knowledge. Once you have the knowledge, you answer to God for it, not to me. What choices did God see when he looked down through time on any one of them foreknowledge is Greek word 4268 foreknowledge means forethought prearrangement it's not getting knowledge ahead of time it's decreeing it it's saying this is going to happen I'm deciding this is going to happen elect according to the decision of God. Acts 2.23 Acts chapter 2 verse 23 By the way, at Park Ridge there is a lady whose daughter is a very, very strong free will Baptist. I've, I've offered several times, please let her know. I just want to talk to her. She said, no, she won't talk to you. I think I know why. But I'm not trying to win an argument. I just want to see somebody else's viewpoint on it. How can this not be obvious? I just don't get it. But at the same time, if the Holy Spirit didn't show it to me, I wouldn't see it either. Mm -hmm. So I do understand 
But at the same time, it's hard for me to understand. Acts 2.23, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge. There it is again, foreknowledge. God knew it was going to happen, so he delivered him up, right? Forethought, prearrangement. Him, Jesus, being delivered by the prearrangement of God the Father. That makes sense. Foreknowledge of God ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Who decided it was going to happen? Now, this is where it gets hairy. It's like, all right, did God make them do it? No, God doesn't make anybody sin. I submit to you the only way to explain who did it is the fact that their free will would always choose evil and God just let it happen. Therefore, they both made it happen. However, often, and I submit to you way more often than we can possibly imagine, God intervenes and stops our free will. He says, nope, I'm not going to let you do that, like he did with Lydia. Lydia would not choose the Lord, so God stepped in. Uh, Moses would not choose the Lord, but God stepped in. You could take this with almost any Bible character and say, that's where God intervened. The Lord used what they naturally chose. He didn't make them do it. He just let them have their free will. Luke 23.25. Luke 23.25. And he released unto them him that for sedition and murder was cast into the prison, whom they had desired, that's Barabbas, instead of Jesus. But he delivered Jesus to their will, their will, their free will. The Lord used what they naturally chose. I'm not saying we don't have free will. I believe we do have free will. But it's not, we're not the good people we think we are. We just are, we, we don't make that many good decisions. Romans 8, verse 7. Romans 8, and verse 7. Because the carnal mind, that's the unsaved mind, is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Neither indeed can be. An unsaved person cannot make good choices. This is exactly what that says. What choice will he always make every time? So then that they are in the flesh cannot please God. They have free will, but the free will is always going to choose wrong. What choice will he make? Nine in that same passage. But ye are not in the flesh. But in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. At that point, now we've got the option to choose either. But I submit to you, only within the will of God, and God will step right in and say, no, that's enough. No more. No more. That's why days like today, the whole thing seems to fall apart. Unless God is smart enough to say, you know what? This is how far it's going to go and no more. But I'm going to make sure things go on. With Job, Satan had to ask God permission to attack Job. Satan has to ask God permission every single time. What must happen before a choice to please God is possible? The Spirit must be there. This is the best illustration I've come up with. In this cocoon, 
or no, this is the caterpillar. That's the caterpillar. This is the cocoon. This is the butterfly. Caterpillar. Free will. Is he ever going to choose to fly? It won't even occur to him to choose to fly. He chooses to walk this way, walk this way, walk this way, or don't walk at all, but he never, it doesn't occur to him to choose to fly. Then God changes him. Now it doesn't occur to him to crawl. God has to change us before our free will will make any kind of positive decision. It's not my words, it's scripture. What about David though? And this is where the free will Baptists always run to, and they should. And they should. What about David? Samuel speaking to Saul in 1 Samuel 13, 14. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. That's David. The Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast kept, thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. When did God intervene with David? The Lord hath commanded him to be captain of his people. This next verse will put, in my mind, an end to the whole thing. John 6.44. John 6.44. Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. No man can come to me except the Father which sent me draw him. Revelation 22.17, along the same lines, the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, let him that heareth say, Come, let him that is a thirst come. Whosoever will, let them come take the water of life freely. The problem is they won't. Why? Because no man can come to me except the Father that has sent me draw them. Does he do that to everyone? If he did it for everyone, everyone would. If he did it for everyone, everyone would. Again, this makes God sound completely unfair, and I submit to you, yes, He is unfair. He is not unjust. He's not unjust. He's unfair to me because I don't get the hell that I rightly deserve. Jesus paid for it for me. That means He's unfair to me. But people who die and go to hell for the sins that they do, they're getting the just reward of what they chose to do. We have free will. We're just never going to choose right according to the Scriptures. Unless the Lord opens their eyes, no one will, including David. <coughs> Humans will always make the sinful choice unless the Lord works on them. To say otherwise is pride. I remember the first time I heard that, it hit me right in the eye. It's like, you know, that is pride. To assume that I can just do the right thing is pride. To assume that I can do the right thing without God helping me is pride. To assume that I can do the right thing in spite of all the wrong things that I do is pride. To not thank Him for making us see the right choice every time we do see the right choice. To not thank Him for making us see the right choice every time we do see the right choice is sin.
But we assume that everyone has free will. They can do the right thing. They can do the wrong thing. I submit to you, they do have free will. They will never do the right thing. They won't, not according to the Bible. Thank Him for making us see the right choice every time we do. Folks, that is the point. That is the point. It's not about being right. It's not about saying you lose. It's about saying, Danny, you need to be thanking God for making you want to go to church today. You know what I wanted to do today? I wanted Michelle to drive Dad. That's what I wanted. Didn't work out that way. It's like, all right, that's two hours down there with no help driving. You feel like whatever it is that you want to call it. It's not that big a deal. Just stay home. In fact, I even thought about this. I thought there will be people there that say, he came there sick and risked our health by coming there. It's like, they don't even want you to go. But in my heart, in my heart, I knew the Lord saying, you've got to go. You've got to go. Just go. Shut up. Quit whining and go. And I'm glad I did. Can I take credit for that? Not according to this. Not according to this. Not at all. We have free will with our Heavenly Father in the same way we would have free will with a responsible human father. What happens with your baby is on you. I can't remember your name for the life of me. I can't remember your name. Uh, it's Ryan. Ryan. My son-in-law's name is Ryan. I couldn't come up with that either. If Ryan says, baby, you got free will, do whatever you want. Every time this baby goes to the store, they're going to steal. Why? Because they want what's in the store. He says, no, you're not going to steal. If Ryan says, baby, every time you want to go to school, it's up to you. The baby's never going to go to school. It doesn't want to go to school. He says, I'm going to let you have free will, but you better make the right choice. If you don't, I'm going to intervene. God is our Father, but He is not everyone's Father. Why are we not saying thank you more? Why are we not saying thank you more? Father, thank you that in your wisdom you put in my heart to write this message a year ago knowing I was going to need it today. I had no idea I was going to have to preach one sermon, much less two. Thank you that with your Holy Spirit you enabled me to do it. You gave me something to preach and you gave your people something to think about. I pray that you will use it in their hearts. If I'm wrong, I pray that you'll show them that I'm wrong and they should totally ignore me. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the ability to decide what we want to do with it. For so many hundreds and thousands of years, people had to believe what they were told to believe. And if not, they just got dead. Thank you for the free will that we do have. But thank you that you're smart enough to step in and stop us before we make the wrong decision, if that's what your plan calls for. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Before we go, there's going to be 